Please listen to the following announcements concerning the renumbering of 2021 and 2022 podcasts. This episode was originally published in July of 2022, but it is now being reassigned to November 2022. While listening, please disregard all references to dates. The material itself is still very relevant. Going forward all the earlier issues will be reassigned to the year 2022. In 2023, the format will start with January being issue number one of volume two and each year will only have 10 issues. July and August will be planning and study months. I believe this make this podcast stronger and easier to follow. Your host. Well, better late than never. Here we are, WWJTL and your Mountaintop with Jesus podcast. From the mountaintop. Well, good afternoon. As I said, better late than never. I've had a very busy June and July, and I'm not going to say much more than that because I don't like excuses, but it uh, just hasn't gotten completed. And this is a very important session. So we're finally completing it, and it's so important that I want to, I don't want to skip July. I'm going to put this in for July. And some of the things we're going to talk about today are so important that we're going to come back in subsequent issues and discuss some of these items. So let's get started on today's Mountaintop with Jesus with your host. This podcast is for July of 2022. In truth, it's being published around the 21st or 23rd of July. It did not get completed when I expected that it would, but it's such an important subject that I decided I didn't want to break the chain of all of our podcasts. Those of you who were looking for it on July 1st, 2022, I apologize for its lateness. We're going to discuss today a very important issue, and that is how our upbringing how our molding as a person oftentimes provides us answers which do not follow the Christian life that we are discussing in our dealing with difficult times. And we're going to look at that today here on the mountaintop with Jesus. Well, before we get started today, let's pray. This is a very sensitive issue. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit brings us peace and understanding inside of this issue. Because in looking at our past, we confront the things that we learned that may or may not be following the Christian walk that we're trying to do today. And sometimes we can step on sensitive areas here. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for being with us. Father, we ask that you bless this discussion. Help us to only use this discussion today for healing and for learning to live a life closer resembling what you want from us, from our actions, from our heart. Change our heart, O Lord. Help it become a heart of love. Lord, give us wisdom, give us insight, give us by the power of the Holy Spirit a discernment as we seek your ways and seek to walk in your ways. We thank you, Father, 
for this day's time together here on the mountaintop with Jesus. Amen. Well, down to the subject matter. Very important. Number four in the March episode in that outline was what we're going to be discussing today. We did April, we did May, June, and now we're doing number four of that outline for July 1st, even though it's a little later in time. And this is one in which we look at our past How do we learn from our past? Who do we learn from? And what do we learn? And these are important things because oftentimes that becomes our rules for life. Well, our parents did it this way. My pastor said when I was a child that I should do it this way. Maybe the gang members said, I should do it this way. Maybe the teachers in school said, no, don't do it any of those ways. Do it my way. And we have a lot of conflicting information in today's society, much more than used to be confronting us as growing children. It used to be that most of our information came from our parents and perhaps a religious institution. But today it comes from many, many different sources. We allow kids access to the internet. We allow kids access to television. And those aren't necessarily our inputs. And so not only do they affect our children, but as we were growing up, they affected us. And we're going to discuss who may have been the seed of that and how they affected us and what steps we will take to correct these wrong teachings in light of Scripture and how we will move in a way that positively assists us in changing to walk closer with the Lord, and more in line with what he has to say. Number one, who do we learn from? I alluded to this in the introduction to this material. We may learn from parents, teachers, Social pressures or social answers that are given, oftentimes very freely and over many, many platforms. We may learn from others. We may not learn from anybody. It may have been a happenstance. We used to learn from upbringing, but in many cases now we only have one person in the family. The mother's doing the best she can, or father's doing the best he can. But perhaps they're not around as much as we'd like. Maybe we're latchkey kids. Maybe we're worse than that. We don't have a parent. Maybe we're an orphan. 
and the rules of the orphanage have taught us. In school, that is an environment which we expect to learn things from, and so it's natural for us to learn things from our teachers. Maybe a coach, maybe even a principal or vice principal. So we learn from a lot of people as we develop now. And sometimes we start at a very early age. We start with daycare at three years old because mom or dad have to work. We start with what the values are of that daycare being put into us very, very early. And so we learn from many, many sources. And we put all of that together, and sometimes we arrive at conclusions which are not appropriate, especially in the light of Scripture, especially in the light of the Lord's counsel to us. And we're going to look at that in the next part of this teaching. Number two, what do we learn? Oh, we learn all kinds of things. We learn that it's okay to tell little white lies as long as they don't get people in trouble. As long as they're no big problem. And so we learn to be dishonest with ourselves and others. I have experience of all of these. So if you think I'm preaching from a point of perfection, forget it, okay? Because I've been through every one of these sins. We learn prejudice. They're not the color. They're not the sex. They're not the race. Uh, They're not the upbringing. They're from the other side of the tracks. They're poor. They're rich, and they got everything. We can't trust them. We learn to be defensive. We learn at a very early age, especially in institutional living, we learn that it's the tough that survive. It's the person with the most weapons, either verbal or, or weapons of physical strength or weapons of social standing. Oh, we learn to use them all. We learn to put down those people that just don't quite measure up to what we think they ought to measure up to or do what we think they should do or speak the way that we think they should speak, or act and make decisions the way we think they should make decisions. And so we get prejudice. We we make decisions based upon our dislikes. We make decisions based upon our fears We make decisions based upon our wanting power and strength. And that's what we learn. 
we learn how to get the most out of life. We learn how to keep things to ourselves. We learn how to not share. We learn how to build stashes of personal information to use on someone or physical items to use uh, when we need them and nobody else can have them. We learn to build our own little forts around us. In short, we learn how to be self-centered. Now, yes, we do learn if we have parents or church or some source of input, we learn how to be sharing and giving. To a certain extent, we do. As long as things are going well, we can afford to share and be sociable and to be uh, charitable and all those kinds of things. But if things were not to go well, well, maybe we better draw back a little, build that fence a little higher, draw into ourselves a little further. And we see this on media sources. We see this in, as I said, when individuals are raised in institutions. We see this when, in many cases, we have families with only one parent. We see these outcomes because there's no leadership, because there's no training. With the breakdown of Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, we even have lost some of that training, although always not based upon the Lord or his biblical teaching. We've still lost it. And so what we learned is not an appropriate way to react. Maybe, as again, we're selfish, we're mean, we are power-hungry, We are wanting safety, and so we build walls of safety around us. Number three, this kind of dovetails the last one really well. How does this shape our responses when we go into adulthood? Well, Our first response is usually that response which we learned as a young person or as a person growing up. And so we tend to move back to that first training, to that first influence that taught us something. And we tend to live that out as a response. Can we be trained? You bet. And that is the whole idea of this podcast. But we must be retrained or our responses will come from our past and whatever that past may be. And that past may not be filled with decisions that reflect the Lord, that reflect the types of things that he would do in those situations, in the types of ways that we should reach out and respond to others and sharing 
and not building walls. Now, let me be clear here. Is there a place for self-protection? And those of you who are thinking, oh, no, you're just too giving, just too open. There's got to be some protection. I think that protection will come from the witness and the power and the advisement of the Holy Spirit. Jesus does not want you to walk into traps. He doesn't want you to walk into uh, bad situations or to share more than you should be sharing. At his own trial, he was mute. And there are some times that that is wisdom. And I think the key is not to practice one thing or another, but the key is to hear the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And reshape your responses. Number four, so how do we learn new ways? How do we retrain ourselves in godly ways and change those things that he wants changed in our life? Changing behaviors, changing responses, changing plans even because we learn new ways to help people. There's a number of ways, but first, before you even begin that process of change, you must admit that your ways that you learned were not always built upon the Lord. That perhaps the people with good intentions and some people with not good intentions taught you things inappropriately. And you have to acknowledge that Lord, there are many things in my life that I either have done wrong or could do wrong or will do wrong because of my training. And I want to know a better way, Lord. I want to know a way that's peaceful. I want to know a way that's powerful, but not within myself. It's powerful within you and your Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. I want to know a way that's filled with wisdom. I want to know a way that's filled with your leading my life in peace so that no matter where I wind up, I know you're present and you're there and I'm following you and you're walking beside me. And like the poster with the footprints, in many cases, you're carrying me. So we first acknowledge that we need to relearn many things that we were taught. That's the most important thing. And then you can be open to what God wants to change. And maybe he'll change one thing at a time. Maybe he'll change two or three things all at once, uh, you know, teach you on something. Maybe you talk too much and uh, like me. No, I'm just kidding. And, uh, you know, you need not to talk so much. Maybe you uh, are a gossiper and God says, no, 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 no. If they've not given you permission to share something, you don't have the permission to share it. Maybe you need to learn wisdom in 
being quiet and keeping confidence. And that's something that God may teach you. Now, he may teach that alone. He may teach you two or three things. The idea is he's working on teaching you new ways of living. Number two, listen to teachings. Find a godly church. Go there. Support the godly church. Love the godly community and accept criticism and recommended change from them to you. Read the Bible. When I read Psalms, I, I think that's not the way I respond to things. You know, I, I just don't do it that way, Lord. And he says, yes, and you need to learn that. A good place to start in recognizing how David became a man after God's own heart is to read Psalms. That'd be a good place to start. Proverbs, another good place to start. And this is after you give your heart to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can't just do this as a teaching because you need the Holy Spirit within you, teaching you and strengthening you to make these changes. And so you must give your heart to Jesus as your Lord and Savior so that the Holy Spirit can reshape that heart inside of you. And those responses that you issue from your heart and your mouth and those ways that you plan life to either plan people in and be helpful or plan people out and build walls. So it's very, very important that you study Scripture, but only as a, you can look at it, but in order to really be empowered by the Holy Spirit, you need to become a child of God through Jesus Christ, through his death upon the cross and the resurrection. And then the Holy Spirit will, will help you grow and shield you from the sins or the sinfulness trying to drag you back into old ways of behaving. And don't worry, it'll happen. But you just tell the Lord, oh, I made him another mistake, and I want to go on, Lord. I want to learn more, and I want to do it right next time. And so that's how your responses come to be. Be with godly people. Be with people that know in the Lord Perhaps they've been Christians for many, many years. Perhaps one of the things that we need to go back and perhaps revalue our learning and listening and revalue their teaching is to find a grandpa and grandma who are Christian. Or a grandma if you're a young lady, a grandpa if you're a young man. And use these sources to teach you scriptural things that you may have missed in growing up because you didn't have that individual to teach you. Number five. Is this something you can do in a week? Is this something you can do in a year or two? Is it like going to school? No. No, it takes a lifetime. And that lifetime is because we're constantly learning new ways from the Lord. 
The disciples were with the master, the Lord, for three years, and they still had much to learn, even after he left them and empowered them with the Holy Spirit. Well, we've got a lot to learn. We've got a lot to change. We're going to run across situations that we don't react correctly in, and we go back afterwards and say, Lord, what, what can I learn from that? Oh, I can learn to maybe listen a little more and have more patience with that person, and maybe I can learn that you're working in their lives. Maybe I can learn that I need to speak more to them about things that you've taught me. But whatever you are being taught in the Lord is going to go on for some time. In fact, your whole lifetime. Even Moses, at the end of his life, committed a sin by which he was not allowed to go to the promised land. Jesus showed him the promised land, but he said, you will not be able to enter because of a sin. So we learn all our lives. And it's a lifetime of learning and a lifetime of changing. Again, what's baked in or put in in those first 15 years take a whole lifetime to change. And that's, I guess that's encouraging and discouraging. It's discouraging because you wish you could just... I don't know, study, like you'd learn a skill or something and, and have a change. On the other hand, it's encouraging because God continues to walk with you. He continues to be the father you didn't have or the mother that was not present in providing some of the motherly uh, skills or motherly emotional needs that you now need because you did not have them. He continues to heal the wounds from those early years. Maybe you're 50 when you finally accept the Lord, and he starts healing wounds at that age, and you start changing 50 years of baked-in habits and responses and, uh, and ideas and how you tackle the world, and you start to change those to the Lord's ways of doing things. In any case, it goes on for a long, long time, your whole life. And be glad of it, because you would hate somebody to say, oh, this is the way you do it, and then leave you, and not show you how to do it. The Lord Jesus not only tells you and helps you understand by the Holy Spirit what perhaps could be changed, but he stays with you and he walks with you every step of the way to make those changes. Number six, I'm going to use this word because I'm not sure exactly what other word I might use, but what's our reward? What's our reason for all of this change and following the Lord? Because we grow in ways of peace, we grow in ways of wisdom as to how to tackle situations, because through the Holy Spirit we may grow in prosperity, because through the Holy Spirit we walk with our Father and he holds our hand and he loves us. And as a father who loves his children, he doesn't want bad things to happen to them. And so our 
reward, if you will, is a life with Jesus, a life with God our Father, and then an eternal life where what we've learned on earth is just the beginning of what we'll learn in heaven with God being there providing through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit justice, equality. You may be of a race that's not accepted, but you're accepted by Jesus Christ. You may be of a national origin that's not local to an area that you're living in, but you'll be accepted by Jesus Christ and loved, and God, our Heavenly Father, will guide you and love you. And so the reward is that we are not alone. The reward is that we have a teacher. We have a provider. Uh, We have a father and his son and the Holy Spirit that will be our leader. And that's here on earth. And he will continue to do that in the realm of heaven when we go home to be with him. But just think or focus now on here and the peace and the wisdom and the strength to do things that you will receive because you have changed your ways to mold with the Lord Jesus and to become more reflective of the Father's love. Maybe you'll need to pray for someone and because you have learned how to pray in the right way or how to pray for people in particular ways depending on their needs, that person gets healed. You know what a wonderful thing it is to know that Jesus and you, by your obedience to Jesus, has helped a person out of their physical or mental or emotional infirmity. That's a really beautiful thing. It's a way in which you can help people far beyond what you're used to today. And so that's our reward. And so we come to the conclusion. We don't want to drag our ways of neglect of people. We don't want to drag our selfishness. We don't want to drag our hatreds. We don't want to drag our prejudice. We don't want to drag our self-building walls into a ministry where the times are difficult. We need to be the light of a group, the light of a circle in the center, the force which allows them to change and to dump some of the monkeys off their back during difficult times. We're going to teach them. We're going to help them by taking their hand and taking them to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I, I have a brother or sister here who needs your help. And he will throw his arms open and hug them and say, become my child, 
through my death upon the cross, receive my Holy Spirit as you become my child. Be baptized. Read my word. Pray to my Father. And I will walk with you in the greatest peace and blessings that you have ever known. And so we come to the conclusion. We don't want to drag our ways of neglect of people. We don't want to drag our selfishness. We don't want to drag our hatreds. We don't want to drag our prejudice. We don't want to drag our self-building walls into a ministry where the times are difficult. We need to be the light of a group, the light of a circle in the center, the force which allows them to change and to dump some of the monkeys off their back during difficult times. We're going to teach them. We're going to help them by taking their hand and taking them to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I, I have a brother or sister here who needs your help. And he will throw his arms open and hug them and say, become my child through my death upon the cross. Receive my Holy Spirit as you become my child. Be baptized. Read my word. Pray to my Father. And I will walk with you in the greatest peace and blessings that you have ever known. And next month, we're going to talk about the emotional, mental difference of people. Just as this month, I pray that you will ask for discernment. Put down the barriers. Tear them down. Walk to Jesus and say, Lord, I I know I need to make changes. I'm not even sure where. But I know your Holy Spirit will teach me, and that's important. Let the Lord teach you. Learn from that. And again, I don't think that means that you should be a stool pigeon. I don't think that that means that you need to be somebody that you're walked upon unless, and I need to say this, unless God commands you specifically to serve in a situation like he served because that's what gave his ministry such great power as he was a servant And you can see that in the washing of the feet at the Last Supper. Because it's hard. We need to be servants. But he expects us to be obedient and wise about our service. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and thank you for our time together. Thank you for teaching us. These subjects are big. We're going to need to come back on several of these subjects and talk about them. But if we're willing to change, I think we will harbor or we will endure the difficult times ahead. 
in a lot better way because you're leading us and you're taking our hand and you're comforting and you're protecting and you're helping with miracles in our lives. So we thank you for that, Father. Thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.